Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana. I am your host. And today I want to kind of break protocol. And instead of introducing the topic and telling you why it's important, I want to start with an imagined story. And I want to include you in this. So I, I want you to imagine that your friend calls you up on the phone, your best friend. You've known him for a long time. You're really close and they call you up and they're absolutely distraught. You can hear it in their voice. I mean, they're, they're crying. They're so upset. And you're like, Oh my God, what's, what's the matter? And they're like, Oh, it's just too much. Could you, could you just come over? And you're like, of course. So you, you hang the phone up, you jump in your car, you go over, you know, you sit on the couch next to them. You can see that they're just a total mess. And you're like, Oh my God, like, tell me what happened. Okay, so they're kind of choking out the words a little bit, and they start by telling you something you didn't know. And, and they say something like, um, you know, we've been friends a while, but I really have never told you this, but I have been working with a relationship coach for many years now in, in my efforts to pursue a healthy, sustainable relationship. I've, I've had a relationship coach that's been been working with me, and you're like, wow, okay, I'm good, I'm, I'm you don't, I didn't know that, but that's okay. So why are you so upset? And they're like, well, in the beginning, I wasn't. In the beginning, I was so excited to have a coach who not only really cared about me, but who was always there for me to, um, you know, they were always available to, to help me make sense of the, the dating world and to give me advice about love and relationships you know, it was so great to have, you know, somebody right there at my side to to walk with me through, you know, all the weird stuff that can happen in in the pursuit of intimacy. You know, and you're like, okay, great, that sounds good. And then your friend goes on and says, you know, when I hired them, they promised me. They promised me that they would do five things for me. And you're like, okay, what was that? And they said, well, the first thing my coach promised me was that they would be my matchmaker. Like they would help me decide what I was going to look for in a partner and then help me find that person. You know, and you're like, okay, good. That sounds pretty good. Um, what else? So your friend goes on and says, well, the second thing is they were going to serve as my interpreter or my translator. <laughs> and you're like, well, what, what does that mean? It's like, well, you know, like whenever I felt confused or concerned about somebody's words or actions or motives, they would help me interpret what they mean. They would sort of translate for me what those words or actions or motives really meant. Now, that came in really handy. The third thing that my coach said that they would do for me, um, and this might have been my, my coach's sense of humor, but they said that they would function as my secret service agent, you know, meaning that they would either do a background check on people to make sure they were safe and on the up and up, or at least they would scrutinize their behavior. They would be watching them like a hawk 
And if they needed to, they would whisk me away to safety at the first sign of any trouble or anything suspicious. Okay, just like the Secret Service would do to the president and so forth. So now you're, you're, you're kind of like, wow. And, but they're continuing. So this, the fourth thing my coach would do is they would kind of serve as my, like my pocket psychologist. Meaning if I ever met someone, you know, who, for example, um, wasn't close to their family or seemed kind of uh, selfish or someone who had never been married or someone who had been abused in their past. You know, if I met someone that had any kind of those kind of issues in their, in their life, they would help diagnose them for me and kind of let me know if I should run away or not. Okay, they would be my pocket psychologist. And then the last thing my coach said they would do for me is function as my psychic. Like if I met someone who was, you know, recently divorced or maybe they attend AA or if they had an affair in their past, you know, my coach would serve as my psychic and help me, you know, kind of predict how that person was going to behave in the future. You know, keeping me from maybe making a huge mistake. See? So you're hearing all this and you're like, damn, like, wow. I mean, I mean, your coach does sound pretty incredible to, to be able to do those five things for you. So, like, I'm confused, honey. Like, why are you so upset? Like, why are you so distraught? Like, what's the matter? So, well, yeah, it does sound pretty incredible, doesn't it? Except that almost every single thing they've told me has been absolutely wrong. My relationship coach doesn't know shit. They don't know what they're talking about. All their advice has backfired. And my love life has become a complete disaster because I listened to my coach. Okay, end of story. Do you know that I'm talking about you? Do you know that I'm talking about me? Do you know I'm talking about all of us? That we all have a relationship coach. And you're like, no, I don't. I'm like, yeah, you do. It's the one living in your head. (laughs) You have an inner relationship coach. It's that voice in your head. It's your mind. Your mind functions in those five roles. Your mind says, I'll be matchmaker, I'll be interpreter, I'll be secret service agent, I'll be psychologist, I'll be psychic. Your mind, that voice in your head, has been giving you advice on your love life, your entire life, and have you noticed that it's full of shit, that it doesn't know what it's talking about, that it's wrong almost all of the time? <laughs> Have you realized that? Now, if you're saying, Roy, I don't have that voice in my head. You know, I, um, you know I, I don't have that. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, if you're, if you're thinking that, that's the voice I'm talking about. <laughs> that voice that is making inner commentary inside of you, thinking right? Michael Singer calls it, calls it your inner roommate. It's like there's somebody living in there with you <laughs> and it's talking to you. 
And very often, it's functioning as your relationship coach. It's trying to make sense of the dating world and who you should be with and who you shouldn't and what this means and what that means and be careful here and this means that and you should do this and you should say that. You have an inner relationship coach who's giving you all kinds of relationship advice and have you noticed that it's wrong almost all of the time? Have you noticed it doesn't know what it's talking about? Now, most of us don't because we never really keep a record of all the things our mind tells us about what certain things mean and why people do things. We don't keep a record of it so that we can go back and then double check and and double check ourselves when that voice says, you know, they meant this or this was going to happen because they did that or, right? We never, we never go back and check. So sometimes we really miss how wrong we are all the time. Maybe one example, like maybe you sent a text to someone you were dating or maybe even a friend and they don't respond to you right away. Have you ever noticed that your mind is going to sort of translate what their, their lack of response means? Oh, maybe they're upset at me. I think the last time we were together, maybe I said something that pissed them off and, and that's why they're not responding to my text. Or this guy or woman I'm dating, they haven't responded to my text. I, I guess they're not interested. I guess um, that's their way of you know, just breaking, breaking up with me or something. And then you live your life and you find out that your friend wasn't texting you because they had to go to the hospital because their mother broke their, her leg or something. Or that person didn't text you because they got called away on a, a work thing and they, they texted you later that evening. See, but we never really hold that voice in our head accountable because it translates and tells you what's really going on. And then you find out in the future that you weren't right about that. And you've suffered all day because you were thinking you did something wrong. I said something to hurt their feelings. They're mad at me. And it turns out that's not at all true. But you suffered for a few hours until you found out that their mother had an issue and they had to deal with it or a family issue came up and they weren't mad at you. You never go back and really recognize and, and, and go back to that person and say, you know, you were fucking wrong. Like, what the hell? Like, Where'd you come up with that idea that, that I did something wrong? But you suffered all that time until you found out. Correct? But that's the point. We don't pay attention enough to our thinking and what our mind is telling us. Because if we did, you would see that that's happening all the time. Okay? So that's why Michael Singer, you know if you listen to me, he's my favorite spiritual teacher. One of his famous lines. Okay? is that the most important relationship you have in your life, it's not the one with your children. It's not the one with your spouse. It's not with your parents. It's not with your best friend. It's with your mind. The most important relationship you have in your life is the one you have with your own thinking. And Michael Singer further goes on to say, And I heard him say this in person. It was kind of hilarious. 
He said, we treat our minds like God or guru, but it doesn't know anything. It's wrong all the time, yet we listen to it. Ignore the mind as you would a financial advisor whose advice has been always wrong. You see the analogy he's making? You go to a financial advisor and they keep telling you, buy this stock, invest here, do this, and, and, and pretty much everything's tanking. Would you keep going back to them for financial advice or would you fire them? You, you would fire them, right? But your mind is just like that. It's wrong all the time, but you don't fire it. Partly because you don't hold it accountable. You don't, you don't sort of remember the advice it gave you. And so you don't recognize how often it's been wrong. But if you pay attention to this voice in your head, if you bring any awareness to what's going on inside of you, you're going to find out that there's a neurotic, negative nut job that lives inside of you. Like you've got an, you've got an inner roommate that is a psychopath that's completely whack, that's angry and vindictive and, and, you know, victimy and drama king or queen. Your, your mind is a mess, right? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that there's like a crazy person that lives between your ears? Now, sometimes you might hear something your voice tells you to do, like somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're like, go ahead, slam into them, just floor it and blast them in the, in the, in the, in the, in the rear end of their car, right? And you, okay, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ignore, I'm going to ignore you on that one, right? But your mind is doing stuff like that. It's talking to you all the time. And since we're in a relationship conversation, it's like you have an inner relationship coach. And I'm here to tell you, if you haven't noticed, it's full of shit. It's wrong all the time. So now what I want to do, really, in this podcast, my whole purpose in this podcast is to make you, to make you question your own thinking, to make you a little less trusting in your own thoughts, in your own judgments, in your own opinions, in your own advice that you give yourself, whether you know it or not. If I'm successful here, you might question your thoughts. You might question yourself when your mind is trying to function as one of these five roles that we're going to talk about. Now, why does it do these five roles? Well, it's because a few, a few episodes ago, I mentioned this sort of fundamental fear that we have as human beings, this sense of being separate and alone and left to fend for ourselves, right? If you, if you pay really close attention to yourself inside, you will notice you live with a subtle sense of threat, okay? Not like you're being attacked by a bear, but kind of a psychological threat like you feel like a separate person you're that you're kind of on your own that you're left to fend for yourself and so there's a kind of a a low grade fear that's running now the role of your mind is to is to deal with that what your mind says is i'm going to help you survive because you kind of feel like you're at risk and your mind says i'm on it i will take the job of keeping you safe 
of protecting you, of making sense around you, of giving you advice to keep you from making a bad mistake or from being hurt or taken advantage of, right? So that's where, that's where your mind comes online. It's like we've given it the job of trying to keep us safe so that we don't feel this kind of existential fear or separateness. And so in relationships, I've just noticed that it seems to take on five roles. It has, you know, kind of five ways in which it it functions in us. And these five ways are keeping you single. They are not helping you attract lasting love. They're actually sabotaging you. And so let's talk about them. The first one is matchmaker. Okay? Now, with matchmaker, I don't want to say too much because I have hammered this point on my podcast over and over and over again. Okay? And so I'm going to refer to you. There was a podcast I gave. It's I think it's around number six. But anyway, the title is Why the Law of Attraction Will Ruin Your Love Life. Okay? I actually believe the law of attraction will ruin your love life. And most people think the law of attraction is it. Like it's, that's the thing. You you have to practice the law of attraction if you want to find a partner. I'm like, no, it's it's not going to help you find a partner. It's going to help you create drama. It's going to help you create codependence. It's going to, it's, it's going to ruin your love life. So to go deeper on this, I'm going to refer you to that one. Okay. But I will say this, your mind functions as a matchmaker. Your mind is going to tell you what qualities you should be looking for in a partner. And it's going to tell you sort of how to find them. But on what basis does your mind come up with the qualities that it says it should look for? The only way your mind can come up with the qualities that you need in a partner is based upon what you've experienced in your past. Right? If you've been cheated on, you're going to look for someone who's honest and trustworthy. If you've met people who are emotionally unavailable, you're going to want to be with someone, you know, who's a good communicator um, and a good listener. Do you follow me? So the things that you put on your list are all based upon your pain from your past. Okay. In my past, my ex-wife, we didn't have hardly any sex life whatsoever. Okay. I used to joke that the only reason my wife would have sex with me, it was like vacuuming the house. Nobody wants to do it, but it's just something you got to get done. (laughs) Okay. So when I was divorced and I made a list of the qualities I wanted in a partner, what was the first thing on the list? I want someone who loves sex. Okay. So your list is based upon your pain, which means you haven't let go of the past. And so your past is alive in you and is showing up in your list. That's one of the reasons. Another, another reason, though, is I really question whether we know what's best for us. You know, a two and three-year-old, what do you want for dinner? Ice cream, daddy. I want. What do you want for breakfast? Ice cream, daddy. What do you want for lunch? Ice cream, daddy. If you ask a three-year-old what they want, 
they're going to say they want ice cream. <laughs> they don't know what's best for them. They really do. Th- they, they really do want ice cream. They really believe it deep in their soul. But they don't know what's really best for them. And I think sometimes we look at God and, God, I want this. God, I want that. And I think God's up there saying, yeah, you're like a three-year-old that wants ice cream. I'm not so sure we really know what's best for us. Maybe life knows what's best for us. Okay? But on the deepest level, you've heard me talk about that all of us as human beings have what I just call and what Michael Singer calls a kind of a not okay feeling on the inside. Okay? We feel lonely or there's a restlessness or not good enough or unlovable or something. We have a not okay feeling on the inside. And so your mind's job is to fix that. Your whole life becomes devoted to fixing this not okay feeling. And your mind says, you know what you need? You need, you need the right kind of partner. If you find not just a partner, if you find the right partner who has these kinds of qualities, that kind of person will fix that not okay feeling. Okay? So my not okay feeling was feeling undesirable. So my mind says, ooh, Roy, you need to find a woman who loves sex. Because if a woman wants to have sex with you, then you get to feel desirable. It fixes that not okay feeling. Do you follow me? Okay, so your mind is giving you advice on what partner you need based upon the lowest part of your being. (laughs) It's taking its cues from the most painful part of you, the most unevolved part of you, the, the wounded part of you. So your mind is, is talking about what kind of partner you need and playing matchmaker, and all of it is being driven by your pain and by your not okay feeling. Ew, you don't want someone, you don't want to listen to someone giving you advice coming from there. Does that make sense? <laughs> this is, and besides that, even if you find someone, because I did find women that love sex. Oh my God, they love sex. It didn't fix my undesirable feeling. It was never enough. Have you noticed that when you feel like you're lacking or missing something, that even when you get it, it's never enough or you need to keep getting it again and again and again and again. Have you noticed that that void that you can feel is like a bottomless pit? It can't be filled. But you think a partner's love and, and, the, and the qualities that they possess, if I find that kind of person... They're going to fill that void. They're going to fix that problem. They're going to finish that story of being unlovable or unwanted. And you will, you will quickly learn that life partners make lousy life sources. That it just doesn't work. But that's what your mind is doing. It's playing matchmaker. But it's choosing from all the wrong places and for all the wrong reasons. So you don't want to listen to your mind when it starts telling you what it needs in a partner or what you should look for. You do not want to do that. Your picker is broken. Your picker is wrong. Have you noticed that you've picked the wrong people? 
<laughs> have, have you noticed that you haven't done a very good job of picking the right partner? But yet, you still have a list, don't you? So what are you doing? You're still listening to your financial advisor who has made you broke. You're still listening. You're still going to the same financial advisor and say, okay, you screwed up in my last five relationships. You picked lousy people. Um, I'm going to give you another shot. (laughs) What are you doing? Maybe you should not be asking yourself what to look for in a partner. Maybe you don't know what's best for you. So that's matchmaker. And again, I refer you to that podcast, why the law of attraction will ruin your love life to go deeper into everything I just said. I think I give nine reasons why you should not use the law of attraction. Okay. Now the second one is this interpreter, right? It's this, um, the translator. So we all sort of know you've heard somebody on TV that doesn't speak English. Maybe they're interviewing um, a baseball player or, uh, or even a politician from another country and somebody has to interpret what they're saying. You know, they have to stand there and, and, and interpret, put it into English for you, okay? Your mind will function like that because, um, you know, people are confusing. Uh, pe- people do things that are puzzling, that you have a hard time making sense of because, you know, people are not, they're not robots. They're not predictable. People are weird, right? You're weird. I'm weird, right? So when you're in the dating world, you're going to be confused by things like, what did, what did that mean? Or you're trying to make sense of a person's motives or their actions or lack of actions or their words. You might... How many of us have gone after a date and called up our friend and told them I was on this date and, and they said this to me? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what to make of that. What do you think that meant? <laughs> it's like, was that an innuendo? Were they, were they criticizing me or were they giving me a window into their soul? Like, right. So we've all been confused or concerned about something that happens in the dating world. And so you just go to your mind. You go to your inner relationship coach. What did it mean? Why did they say that? Can you interpret that for me? Can you translate that for me? And then your mind will say, all right, let me tell you what they really meant by that. Right? Now, how does your mind know? It only knows or it can only interpret what a person means by something based upon your past experiences. Right? It's going to take something that you saw on TV or something happened to someone else or even in your own life. And it's going to say, well, I remember that similar situation. I saw it on you know, Desperate Housewives of, of something <laughs> or my friend went through it. I went through this and it's going to interpret based upon that information. And it's almost always wrong. So your mind, when it functions as interpreter, it has a very limited amount of information to make a judgment based upon, right? Your mind only knows what it knows. You you haven't experienced everything around the planet in every relationship, in every situation. You only know what you know. 
and you're going to try to interpret a person's motives or behaviors based upon that, you're just going to project that onto them. So you're going to make up stories. You're just going to make up stories in an effort to make you feel safe. And you might be wrong. And you will be wrong. But that's one of the major things you ask your mind to do. Could you interpret things for me? Could you help me make sense of this confusing situation? And if you do that, you're going to get wrong advice. Now, let me give you an example. Let's say the person that you're dating hasn't responded to a text message you said you sent to them a couple hours ago. Okay? That happens all the time. You're dating someone. You're kind of meeting someone new. You sent a text. You haven't heard from them now for hours. Now, this is kind of out of character for them based upon the way things have been going. So you're confused and you're wondering, you know, what the hell's going on here? So instead of welcoming those uncomfortable feelings you're having and noticing where you feel it in your body and breathing with it as you relax and let go and just move on with your day, instead of doing that, Your mind is going to try to fix that not okay feeling, that little anxious feeling. And it's going to do it by trying to explain what their silence means. And this is how it might go. Your mind might say to you, do you remember when so-and-so broke up with you? The first thing they did back then was they stopped texting you immediately like they had been before. So wake up, girl. You're about to get dumped. Can you relate to that? Now, if you listen to that (laughs) and you don't laugh at it, (laughs) then you're going to do something that you're going to probably end up regretting. You might break up with them first, just trying to beat them to the punch. Or um, you might blow up their phone, insisting they tell you, you know, What's wrong? What's going on? And you'll be revealing that crazy person that lives in your head. And then they might break up with you because of how neurotic you're acting. So does this make sense? (laughs) You got to laugh at this stuff because we do it. We do it all the time. So you're a lousy matchmaker. You're picking from your pain. And you're a lousy interpreter because You're making a judgment based upon your own past that very often has got nothing to do with the reality of a situation. Okay? The the third thing is the Secret Service agent. Uh, This is probably my favorite one because we all know what the Secret Service agents do. You can picture one standing behind the president, maybe in in a, a handshake line or something like that where they have the dark glasses on and they're scanning the crowd, right? And they're they're... They're looking for trouble, man. They are looking for anybody suspicious, anybody with a weird look on their face, right? And at the first sign of any trouble, they're going to whisk that president away to safety. And your mind is doing that. Do you recognize it? That your mind is like that. That it's, it's, it's really suspicious, that it's looking for things, that it's sort of scanning the person, really paying attention to what they say, what they do, their mannerisms, their tone of voice. 
The Secret Service agent reveals that we have trust issues. Our mind says, I'm going to protect you. Why? Well, because you've been hurt. If you've never been hurt before, would you need a Secret Service agent? Right? You wouldn't. Your mind wouldn't even think of it because you've never been betrayed, ghosted, gaslighted, you know, made, you know, uh, cheated on, deceived, lied to. That's never happened to you before. So you wouldn't have any worry of it happening again. But because we've all been through that stuff and nobody wants to get hurt again, it's like you hire your mind. Hey, you be my secret service agent, stand over my shoulder and watch out for everything. Okay. So, um, you can see how you can see how this would destroy your love life because well first of all you're looking for problems which put which puts you in, in kind of a dark mindset but also um, you might be seeing problems where there isn't any right you, it's kind of like in psychology they talk about a confirmation bias it's like if if you think Something's going on, you'll find it. Like it, so if you think someone is going to pull a gun and shoot the president, it's it's like you'll find it. Um, it's an old movie with Clint Eastwood. I think it was called In the Line of Fire. Really good movie. You ought to see it if you haven't seen it. But he was a Secret Service agent back with Kennedy. And in his mind, he made a mistake and let Kennedy get shot. So now years later, he's protecting the president and... In the midst of campaign speeches and different events, he starts yelling out, gun, gun, gun. And of course, everybody goes crazy. And he was wrong. He was wrong because he was projecting his past and he was looking for problems where there weren't any. And he ended up, you know, they end up firing him. Of course, he's the hero at the end. But, but we're like that. We've been hurt before. So we're looking for things. And we can make a big deal out of nothing. We can really misinterpret um, people's behavior, and 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 relating from a place of guardedness and suspicion is just a, it's just a big, big turnoff. Okay, which is why I say, you know, your mind will keep you safe, but it will keep you single, because your mind's going to put up walls around your heart, you know, to keep you safe, to protect you. It's your protection detail. <laughs> <laughs> right? You, your mind is your protection detail. Well, yeah, it'll keep you safe, but it's going to keep you single because nobody can get in to hurt you, but nobody can get in to love you either. And you, your guardedness and your suspiciousness and your wall is just going to be a turnoff. I often say no good person brings a sledgehammer to a date. Nobody wants to knock down your wall, right? But that's what happens. Notice the White House has a big wall around it. It's guarded. Maybe for good reason. People have tried to kill our presidents. Okay? But you put a wall around your heart. Yes, I know you've been hurt. But it's going to sabotage your love life. You're going to be looking for problems that aren't there. Okay? So that's your mind playing secret service agent. Number four is your pocket psychologist. (laughs) You know, a, a lot of us, a lot of people who have never had any training in psychology sure think that they have a PhD in psychology. 
Your mind does. Your mind actually thinks it really does know psychology and it knows and can diagnose people. Oh, that person's, uh, you know, that person seems a little selfish. Oh, they're a narcissist. They have narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. Okay. Right. So psychologist, it's a little bit like the secret service agent, except that instead of being suspicious about a person's motives or intentions, here your mind is is suspicious of a person's mental and emotional health. It's evaluating their mental and emotional health. Again, it's in an effort to protect you. And your mind's going to make up all kinds of stories about how some aspect of a person's past or personality makes them a poor choice as a partner. For example, if you meet someone who, is an, um, who had an alcoholic parent or was abused as a child, your mind might create a story that they have abandonment issues or an, a, a, an attachment disorder. If you meet someone who is not close to their family or, or maybe they've never been married, your inner psychologist might make that out to mean that they have intimacy or commitment issues. Do you see what I mean? Now, to be clear, I'm not saying that people don't have those issues and it's not possible. But the opposite of your story might be just as true or truer because you're making it up. You don't know. <laughs> you just know that they said their parent was an alcoholic or you just know that they told you that they're not close to their family or that they've never been married. You don't know that they have an attachment disorder or a, 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 a commitment phobia. You're, you're making that up. You're just making a diagnosis. And of course, you don't know you're doing it and you're going to believe it. Your mind tells you, you're going to believe it and you're going to act on it. So this is huge. You've got to notice when your mind is sort of evaluating someone and is telling you, ooh, you better stay away from that person. They've got commitment issues. I had a client just the other day texted me and said, I met somebody online, this guy, he's 55, never been married. Should I be worried? Is that a red flag? And I said, hell no. I mean, it could be, but you don't know that. Why don't you go get to know him and say, hey, listen, my mind is making up stories that you're 55, never been married, and so you're afraid of commitment. I thought I would just share that with you and then see what happens. Maybe they laugh. Maybe they walk away. Maybe they say, yes, it's true. But isn't it also true that maybe they've been pursuing their career their whole life and they have never wanted a relationship? That they have been really busy and building a business and just never put any effort there and now they've built a kingdom, they've built a, established a great business and now they want to put all their effort into meeting a great person and spending the rest of their life with them? Doesn't that change your opinion of somebody who's 55? That could be true. I mean, it could be true that they've got a commitment issue. My point is you don't know, but your mind is going to say, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because my friend once dated someone who was 50 and they had a commitment issue, which means anybody who's never been married has a commitment issue. That's ridiculous. <laughs> do you follow me? I mean, 
How about this one? Here's what, here's what your psychologist is going to tell you. Once a cheater, always a cheater. If they did it once, they'll do it again. Huh? I cheated on my wife. I haven't done it again. That was 20, 20, almost 20 years ago. But see, a lot of people do believe because they got the inner psychologist going on that once you're a cheater, you're always be a cheater. So if you, if you date someone and you find out that they cheated, boy, you better run for the hills because they're going to cheat on you. Garbage. Garbage. I'm not saying they won't. I'm saying you don't know. <laughs> Maybe you should talk to them about that. Maybe you should reveal your fear. Hey, listen, I, mean, I appreciate you told me about that in your past, and I'm scaring myself about that. I can feel myself want to pull away from you. I don't know if that's fair, but you know, I don't want to get cheated on. Um, can we talk about that? And then you might say, oh, I could never say that to someone. I could never reveal that I'm making that judgment. Well, okay, then you're just going to play games. Then you don't want to tell the truth in a relationship. Because as you know from hearing my podcasts, that's what it means to be authentic, to reveal what that voice in your head is talking about. That's what it means to be honest. It, it means to let a person know that you have a neurotic, negative, judgmental nut job living in your head. <laughs> and I want you to know, I want you to know that I know that you're 55 and never been married and I'm making that a big deal. And I'm thinking that maybe I shouldn't date you. I just want you to know that's what I'm thinking. I don't want to believe it because I don't know if that's true, but I do want you to know me. I want you to, I want to introduce you to the nut job that lives in my head. And if they have any self-awareness, they're going to say, oh my God, you got one too, huh? <laughs> so we're kind of mixing commitments here. The commitment to question your thinking and the commitment to tell the truth in a relationship. But here's another one. If someone doesn't call you within two days of the first date, they're not interested. Oh, really? <laughs> really? No one's ever ended up getting married to someone that didn't call them back for two days? When I met my ex-fiance, we spent two and a half years together. The day I met her, was on a Thursday. We had an unbelievable first date. I didn't call her till the next Tuesday. I was madly in love with her after the, after the second date. Okay? So don't give me that garbage. That's what I'm saying is your, your mind is going to be making these, these psychological judgments on people. About Men expect to have sex on the third date. If they don't, they'll bolt. Are you kidding me? Right? Uh, don't date someone who is recently divorced. They'll eventually realize they aren't ready for a relationship and they'll dump you. Well, that could be true. And in general, I tell people, watch out for rebounding. Okay? But that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a conversation and really find out about a person's situation because... You, they might have been through a recent divorce, but like I'm working with a client right now who, you know, um, she's been, she's been divorced. She's, she's been separate from her partner for nine years. 
They don't live together. They don't interact together. But she hadn't gone through with the actual divorce. See, so that changes things, doesn't it? You might want to know why they they haven't gone through with it. Okay, fair question. But just these blanket rules your mind tells you, these psychological assumptions, oh, this person's not mentally fit, this person's not psychologically ready, you know, you don't know that. So you don't make a judgment one way or the other. You simply bring these things up and you talk about them. And then you find out, oh, then you might find out, oh, yeah, they're really raw from a breakup. Yeah, I, I probably should tell them, call me, call me back in six months. You know what I mean? Or you might find out a little bit more of the story, like my client who's been basically divorced for nine months, but not officially, uh, nine years, I mean, but not officially. Um, you might find that out. Oh, that changes things. So the whole idea here is your mind is so sure that it's right about things, that it's psycho- it's making psychological judgments and that it's right. And the idea here is, is that you're very, the mind is wrong. It's wrong all the time. Okay. How about one like people in AA, they will all eventually fall off the wagon again. So they might be in recovery. They might have been sober for three years or six years or 12 years, but they're going to they're gonna fall back into it. People do believe that. I mean, some people do fall back into it, but some don't. My point is your mind is psychologically judging someone um, and you don't know the truth. You, you, you're you're going to end up maybe breaking up with that person when you find out they're in AA. And I have found people in AA to be some of the deepest, most conscious people on the planet. Usually if they've gone through AA, they've done some work on themselves. Okay? So with all these kind of things, you might meet someone who cheated in their past and they've really learned from it. And they no longer want to function that way. And they're a better person because of it. But you might write them off because your mind says, once a cheater, always a cheater. You follow me? All right. Lastly, last but not least, is your your inner psychic, which, frankly, I was just talking about. The... I got that little mixed up there. The once a cheater, always a cheater. If they don't call within two days, men expect to have sex. And these are all, these are all your minds functioning as a psychic. Like we know how someone's going to behave in the future because if they cheated once, they're going to do it again. Oh, if they're in AA, well, they're going to fall off the wagon. Okay. If it, you know, if it's the third date, they would never, honor your boundary to wait to have sex. You, you're going to have to give it up on the third date or they're going to be gone. See, you're psychic. You don't know if they're going to be gone. You don't, you don't know this stuff. But your, but your mind, your mind, because it heard things and it's experienced things, your mind really thinks it's right based upon what your mind knows and, and the information you've gotten in your mind, it is right. But the information that you have is extremely limited. Do you understand that? Let me take a minute to explain that. Your mind, it's like a computer in the sense that what a computer knows is based upon the data 
that's been programmed into it. If you program your computer to, to, to tell it five, two plus two equals five, then when you use the calculator on the computer, it's going gonna, it's gonna to say two plus two is five. It has to because it's been programmed that way. It, it doesn't know anything beyond the input it's gotten. It doesn't know anything beyond what's been programmed into it. Your mind is like that. It doesn't know anything beyond your experience, beyond what you've seen and heard or read or gone through. Now, you might have seen or heard or read or gone through a lot, but in comparison to everything that's going on in the planet for hundreds of years all over the globe, you don't know anything. You have just a little sliver of information. But in your mind, because your mind doesn't know what it doesn't know, if you ask your mind if once a cheater, always a cheater, it's going to say yes if the only people you know that have cheated went on to do it again. If you don't know of anyone who was cheated one time and then really transformed their whole life and created something beautiful and monogamous with someone, if you don't know that, then your mind is going to think, yeah, I'm right about this. Because based upon the information that my mind has, two plus two equals five. See? So the reason you can't trust your thinking is because the information that you have is very limited and everything that's come into your mind, you probably have misinterpreted or misunderstood along the way, right? We have a way of not seeing reality, not remembering some things. And we have a tendency to remember some things from the past, but not others. And that affects the way we make decisions and judgments and opinions. Okay? So, Understanding your mind, the relationship with you have with your mind is the most important relationship in your life. And I'll close with another quote from Michael Singer, <laughs> another one of his sense of humor I love. He said, I would rather listen to a magic eight ball than listen to my own mind. And he's not joking. I mean, he's joking, but he's not. He'd rather take advice from shaking up an, the magic eight ball and turning it from side to side and, and making decisions based upon that thing than listen to that voice in his head that is functioning from fear and based on limited information. So if I've succeeded in this podcast... I'm leaving you in a very weird place. Okay, if I can't trust my thinking on relationship issues, then how do I decide who to date? <laughs> how, do, how do I choose a partner if I'm not going to use my own mind? How do I navigate the dating world? Because people are weird. They, they are strange. It is confusing, right? If I don't go to my personal mind for wisdom and guidance, 
which I'm saying, if you do that, you're screwing yourself because it's wrong all the time. But if I, okay, if I don't do that, well, then where do I turn for wisdom and guidance? I mean, how do I decide? Should I go on a second date with this person? Should I be monogamous? Should I take my profile down? Should I get married? Should I move in with someone? Should I address this issue? Should I bring up a problem? Because as we've been saying, there are significant issues that come up in your love life. And what I'm saying is you can't go to your personal mind for advice and guidance. You need to fire your inner relationship coach. But that leaves you like, what do I do? Well, in another podcast that will follow this one, I'll introduce an idea that I bring up in my book. And it's something called presence mind. There is a wisdom. There is a guidance. There is an insight that is available that is not coming from your little mind and its limited experiences. There is guidance that has nothing to do with that neurotic nut job voice in your head. There is a way for presence to guide you, to inspire you. There is a source of wisdom that you can trust. It's just not going to come from your thinking. And so I will leave you with that teaser because all I wanted to do in this podcast was help you get to the place where you'd be willing to question your thinking. Just question Notice how your mind is interpreting and making judgments and has opinions about politics and cultural affairs and people and men and dating and online dating and your friends and your family and how your parents should be and how your kids should be. Your mind has it all figured out. Just notice how wrong it is and be brave enough to at least start to question. Maybe it's not right. Maybe I'm assuming. Maybe my judgment isn't accurate. Maybe the advice I'm giving to myself on what to do with this dating situation, maybe I should not listen to that at all. Maybe I should open myself up to a whole different kind of wisdom. Instead of personal mind wisdom, Maybe I should explore presence, mind, wisdom. And next time, we'll talk about just that. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.